0: won't you have to sing The songs of freedom
1: cuz all I ever have
0: Redemption songs Dear African Mother Africa has once again smiled on us And this excites me to welcome you to my first podcast Dear African. On this show, we share with you the liberation message and expose the saboteurs of progress of Africa. My name is Abayeta Abora. You can call me alifsuri It's also one of the names I accept. I welcome you to today's edition of Dear African. And today we shall be looking at mental capitalization how Africa is governed from overseas but before that I have a quote for you and it is on how mentally enslaved we've become from an unknown source he says and I quote mental slavery is the worst form of slavery it gives you the illusion of freedom makes you trust love and defend your oppressor while making an enemy of those trying to free you or open your eyes. Does this sound familiar? Anyway, back to the topic, mental capitalization. But by the way, ponder on the quotes. Let me take that again. Mental slavery is the worst form of slavery. It gives you the illusion of freedom, makes you trust, love, and defend your oppressor making an enemy of those trying to free you or open your eyes. Look closely around you and around your environment. This should ring a bell in your head. Now, like I was saying, we'll be looking at uh, mental capitalization, looking at how Africa is governed from overseas. Of course, it might sound like a conspiracy theory if you want to put it that way, but hey, this is the truth. Africans do not govern themselves. We claim to have gotten independence, but the bigger hands are still manipulating their way into it. Let's look at how it all started. In 1844, where the Berlin conference started, So the berlin uh, conference of 1844 where the german chancellor and king of belgium king leopold called their european counterparts to chop africa into pieces partition it into what they call states or nations in order for them to share and loot resources among themselves so basically what the conference sought to do was in two ways scramble for africa then take money, rain from the clouds, share among themselves, go back to their various countries and evolve themselves. It also ensured that Africa and its children remain defeated forever. And this is the most important point of it. You and I should think about it. Have you ever had the upper hand growing up as an African child over the obroni child and i'm talking about the oppressor the white man who enslaved us anyway the word obroni the accounts that will listen will understand so the most important point here is the number two or the second point i mentioned which i said ensure that africa and its children remain defeated forever and this was what Nkrumah called the neo-colonial project. Neo-colonialism here talks about the fact that the physical presence of the white man has left us, but in spirit and behind the scenes, he is still able to direct controllers, and all we have to do is to abide by it. So let me give you a clue, there were a, f- there were a few individuals after assuming power to the first generation of African leaders, we can talk about Julius Nyerere, Kwame Nkrumah, mentioned them when they took over from the colonial masters. Those who sought to stand for Africa, represent our interest, were quickly taken out. Yes, Nkumo was taken out. We can talk about Thomas Sankara, the youngest military leader to have ascended to that office was taken out. He was murdered, assassinated. We can't forget about uh, Lumumba of Congo, the man that was shot, chopped into pieces and had his body dissolved in acid. Now, Let's look at how the project, the colonial project, and how they kept controlling the African mind, and how they kept succeeding in every step they took, after eliminating the patriotic leaders that we've had. So they used education. They used religion. They used the economy, and then politics to keep impoverishing Africans. And by education, let's look at it this way. So in order to capture the minds of Africans, they give scholarships for African nationals to study abroad. What happens? They go there, some of them get mentally brainwashed. They come back and continue to pursue their agenda yes i wouldn't want to generalize it because we've had quite a few number of them who when they came back and still have their own mind and still stood for their principles their interests and the interest of africa Nkuma was one of such people Uh, even today we still have the likes of Dr. Arikana Chihombo-Rekwa, PL Lumumba, these are people who still represent the interest of Africa, even though they've also had their education out there. Now, they have also hijacked the education system with our syllabus, and by that, they designed it in such a way that it still represents their interest. So let me give you an example. During my primary and then junior high days, there was this this uh, subject uh, topic that we were treated which actually was teaching us about the benefits of colonization. Probably those who came after us might have not had this opportunity to also explore this nonsense in our syllabus but they said we've benefited from being colonized can you imagine that that doesn't even make sense to you okay they will talk about the establishing churches the actual thing that we will talk about in our subsequent episodes and we'll deal with church they do mention the fact that They've established churches, schools, and all that. But hey, we've had education before they came. And society is evolving. Africa would have evolved. Because Africa had moved from the era of stones to spears. And that means a step had been taken and we're moving ahead. Ask yourself where did uh, civilization start in Africa? Forget about just um, the Egypt. Egypt, but have you also heard of uh, Timbuktu in Mali? It is another half of civil- civilization in Africa. So we've had these pointers to the fact that education in Africa was growing. When it comes to trade, Africa was trading so much among itself. The era of Mansa Musa, we've had a lot of trading activities going on. Now, let me make it clear here that in education, we're not talking about not going out there to educate yourself. That is not the point. You can go out, educate yourself, but do not Lose your values as an African, do not lose that one thing that makes you an African and assume the personality of someone else. Come back here and represent their interest. You have been doing a great disservice to yourself, your education, your country and your community and in fact to God. Institutions like Commonwealth, IMF, the World Bank have all been created to dictate to us as to how to run our politics and economy. Africa has seemed to be like a standardless continent where we can't create a standard for ourselves to run and manage our own affairs. Of course, we always have to depend on the United Nations, the Commonwealth, the IMF, the World Bank to save us. The moment you cannot do anything tangible for yourself, but always depending on someone for direction, the person will definitely give you the directions. But at the end of the day, there is no free lunch anywhere. You will have to understand that the person's interest will be paramount. That is why today, when our leaders go out there to take loans, actually not take loans beg for loans they come back here with so much outrageous themes and conditions and those loans are the reasons why you and i still do you and i do not have that freedom you and i do not feel like we are in home when we are actually in home because the hot food is being served to someone whose mother is not in the kitchen but it's rather served to us when it gets cold. Probably not even when it gets cold. The leftover is what is given to us because the West, the East, they determine what goes in there. It is not so physical, it is subtle. For the sake of time, I will end this year, then we will continue. But before that, the advice is simple. Africa, youth, wake up, develop your voice, speak out. Otherwise, when we sit, we will continue to be taken for granted. We have to read in between the lines to know that certain policies and decisions taken in our continent are not for our own good. They benefit someone. So, for instance, a lot of African businesses do not thrive, not because we do not have the capacity or the head to also think to create, but because the system has been designed to open the gate for someone else to come in and make the gains. For instance, it is estimated that there are more than 10,000 Chinese-owned firms in Africa Ask yourself how many African businesses have been able to thrive in Africa itself? Do you think their businesses are in Africa to save you and I? No, to make money and actually to exploit the people and take away our, our resources. Just like what Europe did during the mercantile times. So, hey, African young men, and women it's time to wake up and fight for what is ours because your voice is your power At this segment we are serializing what we call letters to the editor from our listeners and today we are having um so today we have a poem from one of our listeners poem from nana Ananse. he titles this one native Sons." so i'm going to read out his letter which is a poem for all of us to ponder over. We came back home, but as aliens, for we were lost in the sands of time, confused about our indigenous rhymes and baptized as true epitomes of insanity, ignoring our own ways and parting ways with our fathers' styles we've adopted that which is from distant miles, and have tied our necks like goods, delighted ourselves in silks and coats, forgetting that we are on the African soil. Things have indeed fallen apart. We are torn from the center and back. The center cannot hold if we still leave the past as an ignored mystery and dare not to have it unfolded if we continue to watch these countless bottles of wine accompanying numerous hosts on their journey to eucharistia we will still come back to our home and be treated as strangers for our ghosts will watch us like they were just a piece of furniture Yet, on these lights of darkness, faith continues to collide with destiny. And now, our yesterdays are drunk on the tales of fascinated horrors. And we remain the mystics who embraced the errors. And this was the letter from one of our listeners, uh, Nana Ananset so soon we've come to the end of this podcast until then i will see you next time but even before that i'll tell you that once again speak up because your voice is your power and be proud to be an african not because you were born in africa but because africa was born in you